Hello and welcome to an all new episode of the Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast. We are the show that takes a look into the glorious world of 80s cartoons. One episode at a time, a different series each week. And welcome back, man. We are continuing our celebration of Halloween through the month of October. Looking at some creepy, scary themed episodes. And today, uh, once again, we are more than meets the eye and... We're taking another look into the world of Transformers. Before we get into today's episode, of course, um, my name is Randy. I'm your host on this journey. And as always, I am joined by my co-host, Phil. Phil, how are you doing today, buddy? What is going on, you spooky fucks? We are back <laughs> once again doing an awesome episode of Transformers. And dude, I am raring to go. Oh man, so am I. But before we get into it, of course, got to get some of the beginning of the show plugs out of the way here. Of course, Totally Radical Cartoon Podcast is a production of Geek World Order. Go to geekworldorder.com to keep up on all the geeky goodness. Of course, facebook.com slash geekworldorder. Twitter and Instagram at geekworldorder is where you can find us and catch up with us. Goddamn right. <laughs> All right, and of course, as I said, we are taking a look at an episode of Transformers today. Man, we are going to get really scary because we are going for season three. That's right, folks. Yes. The the post-movie season that everyone seems to hate. But there are some good episodes in season three of Transformers. And I, can, and I would argue that the episode we're going to talk about today is one of those good episodes. We are looking at the episode, The Dweller in the Depths. Dude, this episode is straight savage, and I love it. It's, it's, it's good. It's good. Oh, dude, Anyone like that doesn't think it's good, I'm coming to your house. <laughs> Alrighty, and we are really racking up the legal issues early <laughs> in the episode today, folks. I got warrants. <laughs> yeah, well... I got bills, so we need to keep this podcast going. <laughs> hey, guys. Shh. All right. So we open up our episode uh, with a view of Springer in his helicopter mode. And he's got some cargo he's carrying, which apparently is a device that the Autobots are dubbing the Power Core. Basically, they've come up with a new way to keep Cybertron, you know, energy and running the planet. Oh, yeah. And this is a very, very good invention. Everyone's like, oh, my God, this is the best thing ever. It's going to keep us running for centuries or whatever they said. I believe it was there. It was expected to triple their current power output. Yes. And they actually take a moment to show the emergency shutoff switch. This is going to be important later on in the episode. Mm-hmm. And so at one point, we get the signal. And right off the bat, there is a bit of an animation error. <laughs> I believe when they, when they make the comment about tripling the power output, it's Rodimus Prime. But his voice yes. is coming out of Springer. Yes, it was. I was a little confused. I'm like, um... I was like, wait, wait. a minute. <laughs> That's not Springer. Yeah, no. It's very much Rodimus Prime's voice. Oh, I'm like, 
Yeah, no, that's definitely not Neil Ross's voice. That was one of those just classic 80s errors. You expect to see those these days. Right? Oh, and this wasn't even an episode produced by Acom. This episode actually <laughs> had good animation quality. Oh, the animation was fantastic. Oh, dude, because there is a... Um, uh, at the time, they were actually animated by a couple of different studios. One was a Korean studio called Acom. You could tell, like, the fluidity of the tentacles and whatnot. Like, you could yeah. really tell. And the teeth some... and, like, you name it. Because there are some episodes that have really bad animation in season three. A lot of. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This one, though, um, you could tell. They yeah, they no. put some work in on that one. Animation wise, this was definitely no carnage in C minor. <laughs> that That no. is an episode we will get into <laughs> eventually. That is good. And we're going to spend half, that is probably one where we'll spend half the episode just talking about animation errors. Dude, we're going to destroy that freaking that episode. Oh, but no, this one was actually really good for animation oh, yeah. wise. But yeah, no, that was a glaringly bad mistake. Oh, we're going to we're going to tear it apart for sure. For but fun. No, but no, otherwise, this episode had great animation. And honestly, for what happens in the episode... You, you oh definitely need a good animation to you help do, sell that story. Good God, a lot happened in a very short time. There is. So yeah, so after we see the uh, power core being activated, we go to a scene of the Quintessons. As as stated in season three, they are the ones who actually created the Transformers. Mm-hmm. And they're not happy about this about this power core obviously anything that keeps the autobots or decepticons powered pretty much hinders their abilities to try to retake cybertron yeah they pretty much have their own agenda to which they twisted between both sides you'll see this Mm-hmm. and so basically they kind of one of their scientists mentioned something about trans organics Oh, and here it comes. And basically the transorganics <laughs> are one of their original attempts at, you know, creating the various life forms that are on Cybertron. And one of them was like, um, wait, no, that's only a legend, right? Um, Mm-mm. no. And basically one was like, yeah, no, I worked on the project and, um, <laughs> ripped one of my faces off he's like look at my face because <laughs> that Quintessons guy oh are... my god he was on such a hell-bent vengeance dude and the oh, Quintessons are their race they basically have like five faces they alternate between like depending on their mood and you know one of them his face is just straight up tore out mm-hmm. he took my face and so basically they, you know, they're like, and they mentioned one in particular, which was literally created to be a, a living energy siphon. Whew. So they're like, you know what? Why don't we go release it and, you know, stick it out on Cybertron? <laughs> they can pretty much fend for themselves. So they're like, um... So how do we release it without, like, killing ourselves? 
Well, I've got a plan for that. It's like, See- oh yeah, funny you should mention. This way, guys. <laughs> and scene change. We, now we're on the lovely, beautiful, picturesque planet of Char. <laughs> and God damn it. No, Char is a complete shithole. <laughs> and it's where the Decepticons are stationed during season Woo! three of Transformers. Because, Char. Yeah. And Galvatron is not happy. He is straight going off on, like, why am I stuck on this worthless trash bin with sub... why haven't you guys improved this at all? Oh, well, fuck that! (laughs) Yeah, no, he is not happy. Oh, he went on a rampage. Galvatron is just batshit insane. He is. Like, he reminds me of Starscream, but... With more of a uh, a masculine Megatron thing going on. Well, he was Megatron yeah. until he was reformatted by Unicron in Transformers the movie. But once the penult- once the final battle happened between him and Rodimus, he gets chucked out and lands like on this crazy planet in like this lava bath thing, and his circuits get fried. Yeah, and he, like, now he's batshit. <laughs> like, he's he's bad. He's probably, like, he's actually much stronger than Megatron ever was. But he's so insane, he can't do anything with it. Pretty much. And, like, we'll actually see Galvatron's raw strength through this episode. Because there'll be some times where you're just like, how did he, how did he get through that? But... Yeah. Yeah, so at this point the uh the qu- a Quintesson appears before him likely in some kind of a holographic form. And so this Quintesson pulls some straight reverse psychology. Oh Gal- yeah, dude. <laughs> He's like No. I mean, we I what? know we've had a strained relationship, but like, it's all what? the Autobots' yeah. fault. Exactly. Like, hey, what? Come on, man. Just it was circumstance. It's all it's all good, bruh. Yeah, bruh. It's all good, bruh. Right, bruh? It's like bruh. Here. It's like let, you it's know like, what? Bruh is right. It's like here, let me give you the coordinates to the power core <laughs> that the Autobots are building. Which the coordinates he give him are clearly not for the power core, mm. just so you know. Mm. Oh my god, dude. <laughs> so yeah. They are twist they are twisted. Oh dude, the Quintessons. Like are that just was that evil. was some sabotage ass shit. Like that was that was messed up. Oh no, the Quintessons are an entirely different type of oh, evil dude. compared yes, to the they Decepticons. Are. That was on a whole different level. I'm like, wow, dude. Like, they give no Fs about anything. Like, the Decepticons are purely a militaristic evil. They just Pretty much. Conquer. Like, they, they have an agenda. Like, they have, mm-hmm. the, like, this, this, this like, one-track mind, we're going to get this, and we're going to conquer this. Right. Whereas the Quintessons are a psychological kind of evil. Oh, dude. They it's... will play mind games. They will, they will try to get others to do their dirty work for them. 
just so they can swoop in and, you know, once all the bodies are fallen. It's pretty much like the protagonists and the antagonists are all on fire. And they're watching and they're like, this is so pretty. Yep. (laughs) It's pretty much what they are. So yeah, Galvatron, Cyclonus, Scourge, and a handful of sweeps. They show up at, you know, the coordinates they're given. And they're like, really? This abandoned shaft leads to the power core? (laughs) They were pissed. They're like, to no. say less. No, they can't be. And once, so Galvatron shoots the door down. So Ooh. they're they're just gonna yeah. go down the hall anyway, mm-hmm. and and appear, and we get a small battalion of Autobots appear. Not so fast. <laughs> yeah. So we've got. Ultra- I love it. I love the voice. Not so. F- what do you say? No, he said. It was was it stop right there or was it not so fast? It's oh, like stop like right that. there. Yes, that is Ultra Magnus, who <laughs> in the third season of the series he is voiced by Jack Angel, who also did Wetsuit on G.I. Joe. Mm-hmm. Um in Transformers. That's why it was so familiar. Yep. In Transformers the movie, he was voiced by Robert Stack, the Unsolved Mysteries guy. Oh, God, I love him. Yeah, unfortunately, they, they didn't keep him for the series. But oh no, Jack God. Angel does a really good job. He is amazing. <laughs> it's really weird, the crossover. Because um, Rodimus Prime, who was played by Judd Nelson in the movies, gets replaced by um, Dick Gautier, who is also the voice of Serpentor. Holy shit. Yeah, and you can tell, like, when time, times where Rodimus Prime gets really mad in the series. Oh, my God, I'm going to have to I'm going to have to backtrack because yes. holy crap. Like when he gets a little angrier, you can hear the Serpentor coming out. <laughs> That's and it's so crazy. Amazing. And uh, Springer is voiced by Neil Ross, who you may know just from G.I. Joe alone as uh, Shipwreck and Dusty. Yes. And you can hear that, like, if you really, like, pay attention. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can hear the shipwreck, dude. Like, I really which, can. Which, the Springer voice, that's probably one of the animation closest to Neil Ross's actual voice. Oh, my God. That's, that's what great. he sounds like in real life. <laughs> that is great. Yeah, they have a small firefight. RC actually does like a crazy backflip transform thing and she's shooting at people. That was kind of badass. Yeah, she's kind of hot. <laughs> I'd be leaking lubricant if I saw her. Alrighty. <laughs> so yeah, they basically Ooh. have a small firefight. The Decepticons get away because... Galvatron shoots at like something above Ultra Magnus and just buries them in some rubble. Yeah, That's they... like the classic bad guy getaway. Right. It it really is in the eighties. Like you blast like a roof or something else like that, and the rubble comes down. It's like, oh, they got away. Yeah. No. So yeah, the Decepticons <laughs> continue down the the hall and. 
Eventually, Springer blasts through the rubble, bringing everyone through. And, and of course, everyone's a little suspicious. Arcee's like, um, why are the Decepticons fighting us so hard to travel down an abandoned mineshaft? Yeah, that part. It's like, great question. Hmm. Uh, so, yeah, we go back to the Decepticons. They find the underground cavern. And even they're like, um, is this a trick? Did we get bamboozled by the Quintessons again? (laughs) Are we getting punk before being punk was cool? (laughs) Bamboozled. (laughs) So they blast through another door. and So they see the chamber. And they find what is actually the pods of the transorganics of course they don't know this but you know galvatron mm-hmm. decides to be mad and he just yeah, starts yeah, blasting him psycho down. he just blasts and this is him where in. he made his first mistake oh and they are now released and, and this is where the creep, spooky, creep, creep, spooky begins. Yes, and this is oh, where... Oh, my needed. God. Honestly, if the animation had not been quality in this, like, this scene alone would have just been hot garbage. Yeah, but they did it well. It was good, man. Like, these are some crazy beasts, man. One is like a me- half-mechanical bear thing. Dude, like, they really had some creep factor going on with these, like, organics, man. Yo, and they are, like, insane look. Because, like, I think it's, like, the bear one had, like, this spinning blade thing in its mouth. Dude, yeah, they were violent as fuck. And it's, like, cutting into one of the sweep <laughs> shoulders, dude. Yeah, they, like, straight, it was straight savagery is what it was. Um, Like, so- they, they, they destroyed these freaking bots, dude dude uh so at this point we actually get a little um a little bit of a play on the trope here um it's not specifically our our heroes that are in trouble but the decepticons here are in trouble yeah they're getting basically slaughtered and it so at this point they kind of flip the trope and with the decepticons in trouble they go to commercial now <laughs> yeah. So, Woo. yeah. So we'll go ahead and take twist. our <laughs> yes. And so with that little plot twist here, we'll go ahead and take our first commercial break of the show too. And we'll be back in a minute, folks. New spaceship destroyed by Decepticon fire. Springer, the toughest of the Autobot triple changers, crash lands on planet Junkion. Hurry, hurry! Operators are standing by. No welcome when you hit a stranger. Transformers. Junkion Rekka transforms from motorcycle to robot. And Triple Changer Springer transforms from car to helicopter to robot. The Transformers. The Transformers, each sold separately from Hasbro. All right, and we are back. And we come back as the of the Decepticon team here is being attacked by the Transorganics. They're getting pretty beat up. And our team of Autobots show up outside the door and they can hear the cons screaming at this point because they're taking a serious beating at this point. Oh my god, dude. Like, they were getting massacred. 
<laughs> they really got they were getting beat the fuck down. Like the Decepticons were getting busted up. Dude, they were, man. So Galvatron has the bright idea of you know what? Let's get out of here and um let's let the Autobots deal with it. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. But they don't really make it that far. No. Because they try to run, but bless their heart, they don't get far. They find the dweller. Ooh. Oh, Freaking suck Mr. Suction Mouth. Yes, it looks <laughs> like a giant. Oh my god, dude. It he kinda, was the He was the worst. It kind of like looks like a living embodiment of the Sarlacc pit. Yes! That's what I was trying to figure out. I was like, what does this remind me of? It's like the Sarlacc pit with a body and like mechanical octopus arms. It's like you asked the desert, what would that what that mouth do? <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much the Sarlacc pit is what it was. That mouth is angry. Ooh. So yeah, we Sarlacc see Sarlacc pit would please Mother Earth, at least. So at this point, you know, a couple of the sweeps are basically told to go fight it. And we see that this and we see this creature's, you know, energy draining ability. Oh, my God. Like, it, dude, a this couple of them a are savage. Dude, a couple of them are just drained in short order. I was going to say immediately like they were done. Uh huh. And they just get like and the dwellers got like this backpack thing. So it's like drain and just puts them in these little chambers on yeah, his he back. Like sucks them in, yeah, he like sucks them in these tubes and it's like right into a backpack. It was weird. So here's where we actually get into one of the points where Galvatron is ridiculously strong. Like he actually gets grabbed by one of these tendrils. But he actually I was going to has... say, how did this dude like survive? Yes, like they start how strong draining is him, this but... dude? he doesn't get fully drained. Like he actually has time to break out of the tendril. That's and everyone else like that got drained like that were immediately like they turned gray and they were done. Yeah. Like the sweeps were, it was like almost immediate. Cause With they're this bastard. <laughs> they're just cannon. They're just cannon fodder. Pretty much. That's what it was. They were cannon fodder. And of course, kind of what, among the different theories of the cartoon is it's believed that because it's not a hundred percent clear in transformers the movie who becomes who but a lot of people believe the insecticons are transformed into the sweeps because oh. they seem to have this the insecticons regenerative regenerative power and the cloning ability because the number of oh, sweeps wow. throughout the series is like completely inconsistent yeah, that's a good point. Yeah. Oh, jeez. So, yeah. But yeah, <laughs> no, like when Megatron was rebuilt into Galvatron, he was made like a whole lot stronger than Megatron ever was. But his... It shows. His rampant insanity is what keeps him from taking advantage of it. That's true. Yeah. It's, I think that's basically what the writers used so that he just wouldn't be OP. <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, shortly after this, we get the Autobots coming in and finding the Decepticons. And so they start getting attacked by the creature, too. Oh, Which, yeah. One of the first ones to get attacked is Ultra Magnus. But he doesn't get drained because Rekgar makes this makes the save. And oh, he, yeah, he made the sacrifice, dude. <laughs> oh, he just straight in comes in yelling, Yo, Joe! So I wasn't the only one that noticed that. He ran in and said, Yo, Joe. I'm like, wait, what? Yes, he did. You screamed <laughs> Yo-Jo. Yep. Because they talk TV. <laughs> the Junkions talk TV. And, you know. Good God. You know, both shows were done by Sunbow Studios. Both this Hasbro dude... toy properties. And he ran in and screamed. So, I'm not crazy. He did. He really no, ran he, and screamed. You I heard like, that. He, he just, yelled. I re dude, I rewinded it. I'm like, wait a second. I was like, what did you just say? Oh, no. <laughs> he said it. It's like, you son of a bitch. Oh. Man, that was the one I forgot. I forgot to look up who Rekgar is played by on the show. Because I know in Transformers oh the movie, he's played by Eric Idle. Oh, yeah. Okay. But... I don't think, oh. and I don't think, no, I'm pretty sure he didn't play him on the series. That was the one I forgot to look up. I mean. Yeah, like I had, like I seriously had to rewind. I was like, wait, what, wait, 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 what am I watching right now? <laughs> it's like, okay, wait, let's rewind that back. He really did say that. Yes. It's like, well, shit. Let's continue. <laughs> <laughs> so, I was like, yeah. okay, great. Let's continue, please. So, yeah, Rekgar comes in and he saves Ultra Magnus. But, yeah, unfortunately, that doesn't last long because Rekgar is, in turn, attacked by the the creatures. Oh, yeah. Dude, these freaking creatures, man. Dude, they are insane. They were creepy. Okay, and actually, I just looked it up. Apparently, the voice actor is actually someone I don't even know. An actor by the name of Tony Pope. I, so, I actually don't know who that is. You got me. I was like, my, um, that would have been funny if Rekkar was played by someone who was on G.I. Joe. <laughs> that would have been, and that's the funny part of him screaming that. Like, what? what are you talking about? Oh, dude, the crossover is great. Oh, yeah. And I think at this point, uh, Scourge gets drained of his energy. Uh, yeah, he, I think he did. At, at this point, he I, was pretty much done. Yeah, I know. It's, unfortunately, he, he between got wrapped, he Scourge got and the, the sweeps, it's hard to tell. But I think I heard Scourge's voice coming out of the one that got drained. No! <laughs> so yeah here comes the crazy part so the dweller actually turns on the transorganics and when he drains them the organic part just like disappears away oh man it's like dude that's savage it is so yeah no and what comes next and, and they straight up disintegrate <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
So yeah, now we get the... So Springer jumps into action. He's like, you know what? I'm going to go try to save Retgar. And he does some pretty, pretty crazy acrobatics. And he initially avoids the creature and actually pulls Retgar out of the backpack thing. Yeah, he pulls him out of that weird back thing. But apparently... But this is where it gets a little funky. Yeah, apparently the drained Transformers have become energy siphons themselves. They're robotic vampires. Yep. As... Pretty much at this point. And that's pretty much how RC describes it. They are robotic vampires. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, at this point, Springer is drained, and now he's an energy vampire as well. <laughs> oh, my okay. God. Perfect for spooky spook spook. Right? Exactly why I picked Ooh. this episode. Now we get into the real fun part. Dude, Dude this episode was turning straight into up like, action. Yo, it's like action it, horror movie from like here creep, on out. Like creepy action. Yeah, so... So here's why Ultra Magnus really didn't... It shows why he didn't deserve to be a prime... He's like, hey, let's lure this thing out of the chamber so we have more room to fight it. You son of a bitch. No, maybe you want to keep that thing down <laughs> there. I would expect like a Kevin Hart robot be like, no, oh my god. That's the worst decision ever. Like, oh, no, no, no. Is, he wasn't is... ready. Right, this thing is clearly <laughs> dangerous. Maybe you we let that out in the open. Yeah, no, no, that's a bad idea. That is actually Goddamn a bad fuck. idea. You don't do that. So at this point, we run into Galvatron and whatever's left of the Decepticon party at this point, and once again he blows up a door and buries them. Trapping them in the chamber. There you go. So we just revisiting this trope like multiple times here. <laughs> I have a plan. It's perfect. <laughs> yes, let me do this plan I've done 47,000 times. The door, sir. The door. <laughs> and that's not including all the times I did this plan oh, as Megatron. God. Right. He has this thing for doors? Uh, I don't know. I'll bury the Autobots. Using okay. this door! Oh, come on, Galvatron. We knew this plan didn't even work when you were Megatron. I... And he gets super offended. I am not Megatron! <laughs> he just kills all of his minions. <laughs> oh, that would be now! fun. The that'd door. Be, oh, that'd be funny if he just went into like a, <laughs> just pulled out like the Slimer shit. voice. Yeah. Oh my. Yes, dude. Because Galvatron is still voiced by Frank Welker. Yeah, that's perfect. <laughs> <laughs> he gets done slaughtering everyone. He's like, now the door. <laughs> so at this point, the Autobots are. Once again, facing the creature. At this point, RC gets netted. But she decides she's going to transform. And try to roll away. 
Yes, good old RC. So she's in vehicle mode, uh, trying to get away, trying to break away. The robot vampires are coming, and we're in danger. Our heroes are in danger. Can you guess what happens now? <laughs> That's I right, folks. We fade to a commercial. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. All right, so yes, we'll be back in just a moment. Ultra Magnus! The courageous Ultra Magnus is a born leader. We meet at last, Galvatron. And it will be the last time we meet. And Galvatron is Ultra Magnus' sworn enemy! Transformers! Galvatron transforms from laser cannon to fighting robot! And Ultra Magnus from huge car carrier to Autobot commander! Transformers! More than meets the eye! The Transformers, each sold separately from Hasbro. Alright, and we are back. And as we come back from the commercial, RC is struggling to get out of the energy-draining net. So at this point, Cup transforms into his pickup truck mode, and he ends up breaking the net. Good on you, mate. Although, it's like, so... Is it like the rubber tires or what? I'm actually surprised RC didn't get drained. <laughs> I want to say it was the rubber tires. Right? Is he it... just went, he's like, oh, no, bloop, and nothing happened. But unfortunately, once RC is freed, <laughs> Cup is, he pretty much drives right into the energy vampires and they drain him. A little too gung ho, I guess. I don't. I don't know. That was it, that. That confused me a bit. I was okay. like, "Wait, you just did and when?" Ah, ah, okay. Well, I mean, you got to forgive him. Cup's a little old. <laughs> He's a veteran. Check this, you coming bastards! <laughs> <laughs> no cup. Ah, never mind. He's getting drained. So at this point, the Autobots are... in time. So the Autobot team at this point is pretty much just Ultra Magnus and RC. They're like, all right, we we need to get out of here. Let's see if Perceptor can come up with anything. Oh, man. All right, so at this point, we cut to a scene of the Quintessons on their spaceship heading towards Cybertron. And they're like... Oh, man, that thing's got to be loose by now. It's got to be tearing shit apart. Oh, yeah. Oh, and is it this point where we actually see the one that got his face blown off by the dweller? Oh, yeah. Yeah, he pulls the mask that he's wearing off. I'm like, wait. Dude, he is a vengeful son of a bitch. Dude, he's just like... He is pissed. I don't want power. I don't want money. I don't want... I want revenge. <laughs> like, yeah. he is, like, it's like my freaking wait. face. But you got a few more. Shut up. <laughs> and they couldn't have rebuilt the face he already had. I mean, right. it's a robotic he just, face. He was hell-bent. Like, he just wanted... He was just on a rampage of revenge. Like, he's, like, my one of, of many faces. I need right. this avenged. No, dude, this is insane. Oh, no, the Quintessons are an entirely different type of evil. Dude, they run on pure pissed-off adrenaline. That's <laughs> what they I'm convinced do, of. They do, man. 
It's like they're pissed off at stuff that happened like tens of thousands of years ago. Probably, I want my revenge. I mean, more like millions of years ago. Yes, because this would have been all. This would have been like pre, like pre Autobot Decepticon War. Freaking preface fuck. <laughs> and, and we know a couple million years passed because even in the first episode of Transformers, that landing, that party was, you know, stuck in Mount St. Helens or, you know, the equivalent to it for a couple million years before they were revived. Oh, yeah, you're right. Holy crap. And the war on Cybertron was still going. And this was years after the, you know, the Quintessons have been forced off the planet. They can hold a grudge. Good God. Yeah. They really <laughs> can. Yeah, and so after this, we actually go back into the depths. And at this point, the Decepticons are basically lost. <laughs> and What's going on? Yeah, so they actually run into the group of energy vampires. No, and Galvatron just blasts him straight down. Again, he's a freaking psycho. <laughs> yeah, no. But this does not last long. Fuck all that. Because they get up very quickly. Mm-hmm. So, you know, Galvatron Impossible. literally just throws the last... He just literally <laughs> throws the last sweep at them. It's like, oh... You're it? That you're the only sweep I have left? Alright. Like, he just chucks him out like Uncle Phil throws Jazz out of the house. <laughs> ah! <laughs> right into the pile Yo, of them. dude, that was such classic shit. Every time they just stare at each other, all of a sudden you just see Jazz just... Ah! <laughs> that was Galvatron throwing the last oh sweep. My God. <laughs> He's like... Fuck out of here! Perfect reference. He's like Galvatron. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> Holy shit! That is perfect. So I it's I... so it's pretty much down to Galvatron and Cyclonus, and Ooh. eventually Cyclonus gets captured as well. He's like mm-hmm. Galvatron, help me! Nah, I'm and, good. Galvatron hesitates for just a minute. Yeah. Because there's sort of like this weird like relationship between Galvatron and Cyclonus. Very loyal. Like Cyclonus is basically the only person Galvatron trusts with any degree. Oh, man. Help me. Ah, Fuck. He does. He turns around for a minute. He's like, maybe... No, I gotta get out of here. Yeah. So at this point, the th- the only three who have not been drained of their energy so far all meet up. Galvatron, RC, Cyclone, or the uh, Ultra Magnus, sorry. And they just start fighting because <laughs> Galvatron has this weird obsession with Ultra Magnus. Yeah, like you even, notice that, right? Like even more so than Rodimus Prime. Like that's the thing that actually goes on through the whole third season. Like Galvatron would rather a Ultra Magnus than Rodimus. 
Oh, man. So, at this point, Arcee's had enough of everyone's bullshit. She just grabs Megatron's, or Galvatron's blaster that had, like, fallen on the ground. And she just starts shooting. I love her. (laughs) I really do. I love her. (laughs) So, they end up knocking out Galvatron. And she's like, um... So what do we do with him? He's like, I can't deal with that now. We'll send the Junkions for him later. Yeah, that part kind of made me mad. And like, like really, really. Yeah. And then the the vamp the energy vampires run, and I'm like, so did they? Um. Did they drain Galvatron, or did they not? <laughs> exactly. Because we like, don't what? see him until later in the episode. Like, we never actually see Galvatron's energy get drained. Exactly. So I'm assuming like he gets he must attacked, to... but that's about it. Yeah. Because after this, we cut to the Autobot Command Center, where Rodimus Prime and Perceptor are, and Perceptor's like, well, this is weird. Power seems to be going out everywhere. Mm-hmm. It's like, oh, that's a funny coincidence. Because guess what? The energy vampire stormed the command center. Like, immediately <laughs> after Ultra Magnus and RC enter the room. They're like, uh, yeah, this weird creature thing is loose, so, um, Yeah. Oh, and all of our friends are living energy vampires now. <laughs> exactly. I'm like, what? And I think at some point the writers realized they might be a little pressed for time in this episode. Cause, like, okay, guess what? We're all fucked now. Because like within like, with like in 30 seconds, Perceptor realizes that their energy, you know, basically how their the energy drain is affecting them, and he's like. You know what? I'm pretty sure we can just fix it by just shooting a massive amount of power through them. And basically just recharging them all. <laughs> yeah. Dude, he literally figures this out in like 30 seconds. Ugh. So he just like, he's like, all right, guys, form a chain. I'm going to plug myself into the computer here. And yeah, he creates this big feedback or something that just like sends massive amounts of power through but it's like how did that massive like a power surge just like not kill everyone in that room who wasn't an energy (laughs) vampire i was gonna say that like how no because we are definitely pressed for time at this episode because i mean granted these series aren't known for their you know, astounding logic. But even this was like, how how are we getting to this conclusion so quickly? <laughs> it's because somebody must have overwrote the first part of this episode. And they're mm-hmm. like, oh, we're running out of pages. We're going to need to wrap this up real quick. But yes, the massive power overload doesn't kill our heroic Autobots that are not energy vampires. It recharges everyone. And of course, everyone's like, uh, what, what happened here? (laughs) 
That's pretty much what it is. Yeah, you're, you're totally right. Because they have no clue what happened like, while they were drained. Ah, so, mm. so, yeah, Cyclonus and the sweeps just bust out through the window. They're like, yeah, no, we're done. We're done, bye. <laughs> Dude, they did the only jettison. That was so funny. <laughs> <laughs> They're just like, we're out. They got they jettisoned you know, you quicker the, than the power core. Bro, like the freaking SpongeBob, alright, I'ma head out. <laughs> like they were gone. <laughs> <laughs> that shit was so funny. Yeah, no, that oh, was like, like Oh my god, they're gone. Dude. <laughs> they were gone. Oh man, good old Woo. Yeah, Cyclonus was like, Yeah, no, we've already dealt with enough today. Like, yeah, we're out. Oh, I head out. And of course, Cyclonus in his just absolutely smooth voice, um, which he is actually played by um, Roger Carmel, who was Harry Mudd in the original Star Trek series. Oh, shit. Yeah. And unfortunately, um, Roger Carmel actually died during the production um, somewhere between the third and fourth season. Um, so in the so in the last couple episodes, the rebirth, uh, he's actually voiced by another actor. Oh I man! Not remember the name of him, but I, I'll look it up when we get to that point of talking about those episodes. But I know okay. Roger Roger Carmel did die some sometime after these episodes. This season was filmed. Damn. But yeah, we get to uh, where were we? Over another. So yeah, we see a quick, and they're like reunited with Galvatron very quickly. Oh yeah, at some point, I don't think was energy drained. Like this is how strong Galvatron is. Or Galvatron's a freaking beast, dude. Like he either somehow powered out of it. Or the energy vampires literally had a one-track mind in chasing Ultra Magnus and RC. I mean, that is another possibility. Maybe they just ignored him. Yeah, that's true. Although, with that much energy, he should have still had, like, his life force. Because Cyclonus did make the comment earlier that they seemed to be drawn to their, to their energy force. Oh, yeah, you're right. So I don't know why they wouldn't have attacked Galvatron when he was just laying on the ground. Or maybe get knocked out, put him into like a shutdown mode or something. Mm-hmm. There are too many questions left unanswered by the last half of this episode. <laughs> it was, um... Because you can tell they were a little pressed. I think they were running out of script pages at this point. Yeah, and you could tell it was completely unfinished. Yeah. Like, like it was kind of a it was a kind of of a to be continued scenario okay. without it basically saying so. So yeah, the the Decepticons are flying away and Galvatron's like I have a score to settle with those lousy Quintessons. Oh my god, I can only imagine. <laughs> yeah, no, we head back to the power core where the where the beast is still coming. They're like, oh crap, this thing's heading for the power core. What do we do if it hits the power core? It'll be unstoppable. And Rodimus immediately goes, all right, that's it. We got to eject the core. Yep. <laughs> Which is the premise of the beginning. 
<laughs> yeah. I know, right? They took that whole, like, five seconds to tell us about this emergency eject switch. Oh, look, we come back to it. Yep. Yeah, so they eject the core. The beast goes away, and... So we go to the Quintesson ship. They're like, hmm, this is odd. We're s I'm still detecting very a lot of energy in the planet Cybertron. Surely the creature should have drained the planet by now. Mm-hmm. Like, um... Uh, picking up something coming towards us. Like, and it's the Dweller. Ooh. And they just scream. They know they're <laughs> fucked. It's like, yeah, this guy, no. We're dead. Just the entire ship... Because it's just sitting there. It's like hugging the ship at this point. It's just like, it's like love. <laughs> it's feeding. So, you know, we go back to the Autobots. They're trying to restore power, getting emergency backups pulled up. So, yeah, Cybertron's just a little bit set back in its energy. But you know what? The day is safe. Everyone is good. The status is quo again. <laughs> All right, and with that, we go to credits, and the episode is over. Oh, my God. Such a freaking cliffhanger, though. Right. Like, they really, like, that episode, it was full of so much action and just everything else. Like, it really kept you on your toes, and then they just cliffhangered you like that. Dude. So, yeah, I guess you'll have to watch the next one, won't you? Yeah. <laughs> and... <laughs> Nothing is ever mentioned of this creature ever again. Nope. I don't even. I don't even think the ener their energy problems are mentioned in the next episode. And that's the most frustrating part. Is like you get all of that, and then poof. Yeah. It's like wait. That's sort of the. Uh... What's next? What's next? What's ne no? No. What's next? Yeah. Unfortunately, that's kind of the problem with a lot of these '80s cartoons. Anytime they tease something, it really doesn't get mentioned again because yeah, it's exactly that. It's a tease and you they didn't tease well back then. No, but it's also the whole syndication thing is they really can't have a lot of stuff that can like continues overarching. Like mm -hmm. you can have your multi-parters, but anything that was like, you know, trying to do television that arced over a whole series wasn't really possible because of how a lot of these cartoons were created. They were created in large batches to run in syndication. So you don't really, and really with the syndication, you couldn't do that because you don't know what episode's really going to be airing on what channel what day. Exactly. Which you can do more of the overarching story stuff today because we have especially with the digital distribution models, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, especially Netflix who will drop an interior series at one time and you can take an entire a day and watch the entire season. Right, exactly. And fortunately, that's just something you couldn't do in the 80s because we didn't have those distribution models. 
you know, if you, if oh, you didn't watch the, you know, <laughs> if you didn't watch an episode at, you know, three o'clock on Wednesday afternoon, yeah, you, or you don't know when you don't something. know when, right? You don't yeah. know when it was when that particular episode was going to air again. That was it. Dude, we had it rough as kids, man. Yeah, dude, the suspense was some on a new on a whole other level at that point. Oh, dude, especially with two parts, man. You're like, you see that two be continued, you're like, nope, I gotta no! be home tomorrow. Exactly. It was religious, is what it was. Like you would be parked in front of the TV waiting for that next episode. God forbid you miss something mm-hmm. in the last one. Oh, I had... holy crap, dude. Oh, I remember that happening as a kid. I know I've missed I had missed episodes and it's like No, I missed the other part. Exactly. And you're like, oh, when's it gonna air again? <laughs> exactly. Cause like even then, like even like the like the tapes and stuff took forever to come out. Oh my god, the freaking tapes, dude. And really at and- that point it was like you wouldn't. You couldn't even guarantee what was going to be on a tape. Really couldn't. Because we didn't really have the full season run on tapes either. Because unfortunately, VHS eh, VHS tapes were so limited in their space. Yeah, so, they really were. I mean, I think most retail releases. What you got? Maybe like four episodes on a VHS. Oh, it was um, and that's really what it was. It's like you would get very limited um, whatever episodes you would get. I think that was the bulk of what you would get was like maybe like three or four. Yeah, I know. I like had God a... for God forbid you got two on a VHS tape. Yeah, and <laughs> I know <laughs> like I got a lot of your Ninja Turtles episodes or something like that. Yeah, God, I did that a few know. times with Transformers. Like I know I had a couple as a kid. Oh, one was in like the big, like those big clamshell ones, like that Disney movies used to come in. Oh, dude. And they'd have previews. They'd have all this other stuff. And you'd be lucky to get two episodes and you're done. I think I know the one I had in the clamshell was more than meets the eye. It was that original three parter. Mm -hmm. But that was it. It was only those three episodes on the tape. Oh, dude. And I know and I had, a, yeah, I know I had another tape that had "Divide and Conquer" and a couple, up, other, uh, another couple episodes on it, but I don't remember which ones they were. But for some reason, I remember "Divide and Conquer." Oh my god! And I think that it was kind of a marketing thing because with each episode or each whatever you had, you have to buy that VHS tape and the next one and the next one and the next one, mm-hmm. and they would start having these pictures that all matched up together. Uh-huh. On the back of the VHS tape cover. Yeah. And they became like collector's items. No, and they, they would just form no. this big picture as you bought that like series. Oh, yeah. And oh, yeah, dude, dude. As a kid, I ate that up. Oh, I remember the ones for like specifically for the X-Files. Oh, yes. Yo, it's like, oh, dude, I saw a picture online a while back. Someone took those and rearranged them. So instead of saying X Files, the X Files, it said like the sex file. <laughs> I remember that one. 
Dude, I remember that one. Yo, that you know great. what another trick they pulled with those VHS tapes was? What's that? With two parters. They'd put part one on one VHS and part two on the on the next VHS. Dude, yes, they did. Holy crap. That was... To, dude, they used to milk the shit out of us. That was some bull crap. <laughs> they used to fucking milk the shit out of us. Dude. They're like, oh, no. Oh, you want to buy a VHS with just this one episode? Oh, you like this two-parter? Well, no. We're going to put part two on a separate VHS. Yes. So you have to buy two tapes now. And you get this nifty cover... That matches with the first one. Uh-huh. It's like, look how well you're doing. Look, you're a fan. Oh, awesome. Yep. Thanks for the money, bitch. <laughs> uh, because even in the 80s, companies knew how to extort us. Yes, they do. Oh, man. That was and just... we ate that shit up. Oh, my God. We did, man. Our generation is probably like... The collector generation. Pretty much. Dude, we grew up with all the marketing tricks, man. Collector's editions. Oh, my God. Like, the the tins they used to come in and all that other stuff. Yep. Like, now they, it's like, oh, they used to get us, man. It's like, oh, remember all those cool things we did when you were a kid with VHSs? Well, now we're going to do them for two as an adult with DVDs. It costs twice as much. Oh, here's dude. a tin cover. Oh, yeah. we're gonna we're gonna seal the we're gonna seal the Disney locker every now and then, so you only get the original movies uh-huh. every so many years. Oh dude. my, the, dude, there were so many gimmicks. Oh, dude, when DVD like, we, like when season long DVD box sets came out, they were so oh expensive too. It was a cash cow, man. It, like. like I remember buying the original run of Transformers when um, Rhino had the DVD license. Those season box sets were like 60 bucks a piece. Uh, And my my roommate at at one point, uh, you remember the Transformers movie from back in the day in the 80s? Uh Uh-huh. Like they they had the complete ten. They had all this other stuff. They had like the hologram, like uh, DVD. Uh Mm-hmm. And all this other stuff, like, oh, he bought he he bought the shit out of that, dude. Listen, I own Transformers the movie, <laughs> and I own three different copies of it. Dude, they did so much with that movie. Cause and I... it sold so well. Like, they oh, did dude. so many different things. Like, you can get this collector's item, that collector's item. Like, mm-hmm. they did so much with it, and it sold like hotcakes. Yeah, no, because I've got the, the Rhino release of it, which was pretty much just the movie and a couple of small features. Mm-hmm. Um, Sony had the DVD rights for a short time and actually put out a 25th anniversary set. I think that's... Was that the tin one? I don't... know the, uh, the Steelbook the the steel was the Blu-ray. Okay, that's which, what it was. Which that's came the out, one he got. Yeah, yeah. That, that just came out a couple of years ago. Yep, that's exactly what it was. Then. Oh, and the DVD one... Or, no, I'm sorry, the Blu-ray was a complete remaster from the original. They actually found the original master Mm -hmm. and were able to remaster and restore it. Oh, yeah. That's exactly the one it was then because I I actually sat and watched it. Like, we were basically, we were, like, you know, cooking and just, you know, shooting the shit and 
watched it. He had bought it. And I'm like, good mm-hmm. God, this looks good. Oh, yeah, no. They, I, they remastered the fuck out of that thing. Oh, it was beautiful. Yes. Yeah, Shout, Shout Factory was the one that did the Blu-ray. Dude, they did and, a great job. Oh, they did a fantastic treatment of it. <laughs> yeah. But no, these companies know how to get us, man, with the nostalgia factor now. It's like, hey, here's your childhood wrapped up in a shiny new package. But wait, there's more. But why do we fall for it, though? Ah, fuck them. They got us. I know, right? I... <laughs> and you know what? I loved every single bit of it. Oh, dude, I did too, man. Especially a series like this, one of my favorite cartoons of all time. Oh man. Yeah, you just you just can't go wrong with this with this animation, dude. It's like and the 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 funny part is is that it 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 transcends so well to now. Oh dude, the episodes that have great animation still hold up so well. Yeah, they do. And it's like I rewatch them and I'm like and this, this is, is still good. Yes, and that's the thing. Like, if you've got fluid animation, a good story, it's gonna hold up, man. That's why a lot of these '80s cartoons tend to hold up very well. Yeah, they really do. I mean, there are some that, like, there are still some cartoons that you could show to this very day, even just in their original formats. And they're yeah, and still it's, just as relevant. Yeah, exactly. The fluid animation, the storylines, like everything. Absolutely, man. Like I, you can tell that they took time on that shit and it looks it, uh, it still looks immaculate. Right. And a lot of these 80s cartoons really didn't have much more of a purpose than being like 30 minute toy commercials. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. The but 90s. Damn, dude. The '90s really started to ruin cartoons when they stopped. Yeah, when they oh when they were God. like, "Yeah, no, you can't be, you know, you have to be more substantial than a toy commercial. You have to start being educational." The ni- the '90s really started to screw up our cartoons. Yeah, the '90s were all about like, oh, you have to have a message, and the '80s cartoons. With what we've been doing so far, they obviously have a great message. But yeah, still the plenty. 90s got a little too pushy yeah. and kind of ruined the kind of the substance of what of what the, the cartoons really were in the animation and everything. Oh, I agree. Like, you could definitely tell the writing was on the wall. And of oh, course, yeah. as we get through the 2000s and today... <laughs> it, there's like really no you know saturday morning or after school blocks anymore because the the basic cable channels don't want to do them anymore because there's really like all the requirements oh my god they don't want to yes. deal with it they'd rather just like... run they'd rather <laughs> just run more local news because it's cheaper right i feel like dare got a hold of cartoons in the 90s and it was <laughs> like okay he saved the day the baby didn't fall from the cliff. He saved him. Tell the baby not to do drugs. Wait, what? <laughs> no, no, no. It was like, that baby's going to do drugs. He fell from a building. I was like, um, mm, okay. Yeah, that was a little odd. It, the, <laughs> right. the 90s were an odd time. Oh, my God. 
But nowadays, it's like <laughs> a lot of studios don't even want to make them the cartoons for like the major networks anymore. They'd rather go to Netflix or cable, like Cartoon Network, yeah, you things see like that. Because they're going to have a lot more freedom to tell the stories they want in the way they want to do it. Yeah, and that's a good way to avoid all of the the headbutting, I guess you could say. Yeah, because cartoons and animation in general do fall under a lot of scrutiny when it comes to bigger networks. Yeah, and that's and I think that's the premise behind a lot of your cartoons back in the day, to where they would get away with saying or doing certain things, right? Because a lot of your big wigs that were he- basically headlining the restrictions were a lot of your older guys to where, no, that's not good. No, that's not good. But they would do so much of it to where some things would slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. They would do the most out. And this was actually, they actually did a documentary on it. They would do so much outlandish things that the lesser things would spill through the cracks and actually mm-hmm. get aired. It was it was almost like a game to them, and it was right. it was funny, and that's why you look at a lot of your '80s and '90s cartoons, and eat all those adult references slip through the cracks. Mm-hmm. Don't get me wrong. Now that I've like gone back and looked at them as an adult, I'm like, oh my god. Yeah, no, that was a very that is, common. That's thing. classic. <laughs> I remember great. watching the uh, the South Park documentary, Six Days to Air. Yeah, that's that's one of the documentaries I watched. That they would send them so much outlandish shit. Yes, they knew exactly over what, the top. Yes, they knew exactly what jokes they wanted to air, so they would put in jokes that were worse because they knew the censors yes. would say that joke's got to go. We will will allow this. That's got to go. Dude, they they did that on purpose. They. They basically perfected that to an art form, like the way they did it. Oh no, they because knew if they wanted a specific joke on air, they had to come up with a worse joke. Dude, and they did it so well. Look how much they got away with, and that they still do. Yes, absolutely. And it's fucking gold. And I'm sure a lot of those guys back in the eighties were probably doing a lot of the same things. It's like mm. Yeah, they did. I want to get this. I want to get this reference in here, but I need to put something more noticeable, so they'll ignore that. Exactly. I would even say, like, I know it's '90s, but Animaniacs. Oh, that is. They one of the did kings. so much of that shit and got oh, no. away with so much. Yes, Animaniacs is absolutely the <laughs> that is the a, king that is of getting cartoon, jokes. Dude. Really, a lot of the WB yes. produced shows in general. I think Freakazoid got away with a lot of things, too. Oh, dude, Freakazoid got away with murder. But Oh, my God. I remember when Freakazoid came out. Mm-hmm. Even, like, I was I was a teen at that point, and I got it. And I was like, oh, shit. <laughs> with some of the stuff they would do. Oh, yeah, dude. That was sort of the, the end of the era. Kind of once they realized oh the kind God. of stuff was getting through, like, WB shows, like Animaniacs, Freakazoid. Yeah, they started catching on, and that's uh-huh. when a lot of that shit went off the air. Even freaking Tiny Toons and different things like that. 
Oh, yeah, no. Unfortunately, oh, yeah, dude. at that point, because really, I think, like, your traditional Saturday morning blocks were pretty much done by, like, probably around the time I graduated high school, about 2004. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. <laughs> that's... That's when That's... a lot of the blocks started going to like Cartoon Network, Nickelodeon, yeah, the cable channels, and then they had like Boomerang and all this other stuff. Mm-hmm. Like they, oh my god, dude! But they kind of—it's just so funny, especially a lot of your Hanna Barbera cartoons, dude. They got a lot. They got away with a lot. Yeah, it's kind of a weird generational gap because once. A lot of our generation started becoming parents. They're like, you know what? Maybe you shouldn't just be sitting around on a Saturday morning doing nothing. <laughs> yeah. Or maybe it's just we, re- our generation, oh, realized the the current crop of cartoons sucks so bad. It's just like, you know what? I'm just gonna go and roll the kid in sports now. It's like you know what? You're gonna do this now, or you're. It's time for karate. Get out. Like, <laughs> you know? Yeah. All right, oh, my go, God. Go do some karate. Because uh, I will make a man out of you. Exactly. Child, you're you're not swift as the coursing river yet. Keep, <laughs> keep practicing. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> Freaking classic. Oh, Let's man. get down to business. No. But why? Because <laughs> I'm your mom. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Oh, man. But, dude, I think that's going to do it for this week's episode, man. Um, of course, as always, check out geekworldorder.com for all the latest and greatest geeky goodness. Uh, you can follow all of the antics on social media. Facebook.com slash order, Instagram and Twitter, both at order, And of course, uh, next week will be the last week of our five-week Halloween celebration. Uh, we know we're going to have another good episode for you, but until then, uh, we'll see you next week. Yes, we will. And keep it spooky, not dookie. And... I'm so tired. <laughs> and good night. <laughs>